Welcome to RV Out West. I'm your host, Brooks. My family of four's base camp is located in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, and our RV adventures radiate from there. I'm relatively new to RVing, and a few years ago, I convinced my wife that for an anniversary present, we should buy a used tent trailer from some friends of ours. Ever since then, we have fallen head over heels for the RV life, and we now find ourselves towing a 26-foot Jayco travel trailer. So grab yourself a mug of coffee and join us as we discuss RVing around the West. From sweet camping spots, gear and equipment, to tips and tricks, we've got you covered. We are RV Out West. Personally, I am drawn to schoolies and intrigued by those who build them. So when I spied one in the East Glacier St. Mary KOA campground this past July, I made it a point to go over and introduce myself. I had the pleasure of sitting down with John and Jennifer Vickers, two nomads who were on their first adventure after completing their schoolie build a mere two weeks earlier. The Vickers are from Bloomington, Indiana. John Vickers is the founding director emeritus of IU Cinema. He has a film history of opening cinemas since the early 90s, but pre-retirement sabbatical is where they find themselves now. They're looking to decide and figure out where their next steps are. Being nomadic has been a dream of theirs for over 30 years, but with responsibilities of children and work, they're finally getting around to doing it. Jennifer Vickers is a semi-retired graphic designer, also currently taking a sabbatical. The couple has a deep passion for film, and in 1996, after spending more than two years restoring an old movie theater, they opened Vickers Theater in Three Oaks, Michigan both while juggling full-time responsibilities and nurturing a growing family. The Vickers did everything, from booking the films, running the projection booth, selling concessions, all with their kids in tow. The Vickers Theater became a cultural hub in southwest Michigan, screening independent films and functioning as a gallery space for local artists. It would eventually be open five days a week and host the popular Sounds of Silence Outdoor Film Festival. What started as a hobby for John had blossomed into so much more. Quote, I tell people it's my accidental career, John said. Today we are sitting down at the picnic table in the campsite here in beautiful East Glacier, Montana, and they kindly agreed to share their story. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I'm very curious to hear about your bus. Whose idea was it to build out a schoolie? Jennifer, um... Has, was she's been game to kind of follow ideas along for our family many times, and some of them a little wacky. Um, but I think Jennifer was, and you can speak for yourself, but was game for the idea of traveling and maybe living in something. Yes. Um, and the school bus, um, I think the the thought of a school bus has been there for at least a few years. And for the last few years before we bought it, I guess we'd been watching uh, govdeals.com and others, you know, sites to, you know, try to see what might be out there and what, what, what things would cost. But as far as jumping into the, the builds, um, we went in completely blind. Um, we hadn't done that much research on builds prior to buying it. Um, just, we thought we could figure it out. Uh, but then we heavily researched as we were building. Okay. Um, yeah, we have a little bit of, uh, background in building things. I mean, we built, a. a, a an art house cinema out of an existing small town cinema that had closed. And then we built a home into a loft space of, which used to be a 1890s factory. Um, so we had some history of being able to build things, um, but nothing really like this. Okay. How did you find your bus actually? 
Yeah, I mentioned GovDeals.com, and, and what this is is a, a website that um, municipalities use all over the country to um, sell things that they're no longer using. So it could be universities, it could be school districts, it could be, uh, you know, counties, whatever. And we ended up finding our bus, smart bus, um, at a uh, school district in Austin, Texas. It was really cheap. Um, it's we, we bought it for $2,500. Awesome. It, it had uh, some brake issues, uh, but it was low miles, 2007, with only 49,000 miles. And even though uh, Austin was 1,000 miles from us, uh, we knew that it would be a Texas bus and kind of a salt-free zone, and we thought it would be you know good underneath. Um, so it seemed like that was the one to pull the trigger on, and we did. And then did you go down to Austin and drive it back, or did you just have it shipped from Austin to your home in Bloomington? Yeah, no, we wanted the real experience, and so I uh, flew down to Austin uh, before Christmas in 2019, and our oldest son, Max, from Seattle, flew down to meet me down there, and then we drove it back uh, in, in a day and a half or two days. Rolled out sleeping bags? I mean, because at that time, I'm assuming it's still like green green seats and the whole nine. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was too comfortable for Max, but for me, it was okay in the driver's seat. Uh, and no, we, we ended up getting a hotel the, the one night <laughs> in Little Rock, Arkansas. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Okay, so now you have it in your driveway. Um, your start demo, your start ripping seats out and doing all that. How did you start to do the layout? Did you use... Um, like a sketch software or use Illustrator in your case to kind of start or pen and paper. <laughs> yeah. Pen and paper. And, um, yeah, I didn't want to really text Jennifer. I mean, Jennifer was working full time and I was still working full time at the time. And, um, so we did pen and paper and then also we really crudely designed in Excel just, you know, yep. with the blocks and, yep. and, um, and again, that was crude, but it, it served our purpose. Um, and so that helped us with the uh, with the layout. And the layout, um, we wanted something a little different than a lot of the small schoolies that we had seen. So most of them are kind of galley, where they're open all the way to the back. And we knew that we wanted uh, a bathroom in ours. Yep. And so we knew that that would cut in somewhere. But we put the bathroom right in the center of the bus, uh, pretty much. Uh, we knew that we wanted to use the emergency exit as a skylight for our bathroom. Um, and so that kind of helped shape the, the two sections of, of the space. And, and then we built around that. Well, and, you know, after, thank you, by the way, for giving me the tour of your schoolie, but it's very uh, open and airy. It's very, like, just your colors, the palette you used and the way you kind of lit in the, the natural wood that you used for your countertop just gives it a really open, airy feeling where a lot of times in stuff I've seen, they look dark. Thanks. I mean, Jennifer gets the credit for that. I do not. You, you do, too. Well, it's a small space, so I guess the lighter colors help uh create a sense of I don't oh, know. openness yeah, yeah. Openness, no it was much nice. brighter yeah. yeah it makes it it's definitely much brighter it's a, a great bus um thank you thank you you're welcome so smart is uh you got the periods in between are we am i looking at an acronym or kind of what's the story how you came up with the name yeah um i wish we could take credit for it but we inherited the name so smart came from the school district in austin it was the eames school district and we don't know what the acronym stands for. We, we did our research online to try to find it, but it must have been some kind of a program bus uh, for this Austin school district. And so we've just adapted, and SMART means many things. It doesn't mean just one thing. And okay. so, um, you know, one day it could mean see more art, and another day it could mean uh, slow-moving. Slow um, yeah, Austin. Yeah, reliable yeah. transportation. Yeah, I don't know. Or, yeah. So, so we, we we try to play with that on our social media as well. Yeah. Um, 
and just you know to be playful with the, with the, the name smart but we've we've we really like it um you know it's just kind of has grown on us and so now we're smart bus yeah well i like it and painting it white probably also was a very i think well played keeps it cooler and yeah, and again, we don't take credit for that. So, th- so this was a white. That actually, it came white. It wasn't it a yellow white. school bus. Oh, and, and, and that's wow. one of the, that's one of the things that drew me to the bus. You know, when I when I bought it, um, because it was white. It had this smart on the side. It was twenty five hundred dollars. It just everything was aligning really well. Um, yeah. on that purchase. Yeah, that's great. Now let's talk about the build a little bit more. Uh, total time to completion. How long did it take you? Yeah, I, I wish I had uh, logged. I wish I had logged everything. I mean, we we have over a year into it, uh, okay. about a year and two months in the planning. Um, we started doing some demo in twenty nineteen. Well, no, early twenty twenty, but really didn't start building it out until I left my my full time job at Indiana University in October of twenty twenty. So eight months of hard builds, um, and then uh, you know a few months of planning and demo before that. So that hard build was that were you still working full time? So you're doing full time work, you're doing full time work, Jennifer, and then nights and weekends and whatever you're. Yeah, no, I I left uh, my job in October first, twenty twenty, and so um, this was one of my many projects that I, I wanted to accomplish after I left work. Um, but really started working on it um, full-time over the last six months um, because we planned this trip and we knew that we had a deadline now a real deadline and yeah. and so um it and and one thing that I, I i should say and any schoolie builder will back this up that everything takes longer than you ever imagine and um uh, well, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I spent literally like weeks under the bus between demo and uh, preparing for tanks, hanging tanks, yeah. plumbing tanks, you know, wiring. I mean, literally weeks on my back under the bus. And so so you don't really think about those things, you know, when you're in the design phase. We took this on during COVID building prices, right? And, and the cost right. of construction has gone oh, up, yeah. you know, yeah. astronomically. Are you super mechanically inclined? So when you got the school bus, were you able to kind of go through it and make sure from a, you know, like you said, the brakes were a little shady at best, but I mean, as far as the motor being. Yeah. Mechanically, as far as auto mechanics, no, yeah. no. Okay. But I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have a, an, an engineering degree and I think I can kind of figure things out or understand things. Yep. Um, so I, you know, we know what it takes to maintain the bus and we know what it takes to, you know, prepare and, um, for a trip, I guess. Um, but as far as doing the work, um, I, I'll take it to a truck repair shop if I need to. Um, yeah, I, I'm not that savvy on, on things like that. Neither am I. So, (laughs) I wish I were. Yeah. 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 Different story, different time. I think the biggest thing with those things that I just am trying to give myself permission is it's okay just to jump in yeah right it's just yes. jump in and do it right yes. i mean i'm i'm either gonna make it worse which is but you know well, the you same learn. with yeah and, and the learn. same with the construction as well you mentioned that you know you might not have the skills yeah. to build something out but i mean let's face it i mean with with time and patience and good common sense i mean chances are you can you could figure things out and, and do it and and that's how you know we kind of view these things and you know, many buses are DIY, and this is DIY in many ways, but we try to also make it look like it's professionally done. Yeah, it's like I said, it's beautiful. Thanks. You guys are two weeks into your trip now, right? So, I mean, you just wrapped this project and hit the open road. Yeah, we're, we're actually 
two weeks, not even two weeks done with the bus, and we're a week into our trip. So, I mean, we, we just wrapped this up uh, right before our trip. Talk about jumping in. Still Let, kind of wrapping it up. Yeah, <laughs> still yeah I'm sure there's a, a little bit of a punch list left that of little things to... Yeah, and, and I, I bet most schooly builders would say that their bus will never be finished, right? right? Just yeah, like totally. houses. Yeah, just yeah. like houses. Yeah. That's where yeah. command strips come in handy, right? Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yes, command strips come in really handy. Thank you, 3M. Yeah. Um, so what is your plan for your adventure? You said you guys do in a year? tentatively is that kind of talk to me about your plan what's your adventure yes a uh, year on and off of travel uh first year or first couple of weeks is just yeah heading west to visit our son uh visiting as many national parks as we can um as i mean i think most of america is doing the same thing this yeah. month um and then uh, probably some trips on and off and hopefully this winter spend some time somewhere warmer yeah, so this this first trip is uh, five weeks and to the upper northwest and then down the coast and then kind of making our way back, seeing family. Um, and then, as Jen said, uh, maybe three months in the summer trying to find a warmer climate um, yep. from the Midwest. And then beyond that, I mean, we'll see how it goes. These are really kind of test trips for yeah. us. Where and do you think your turnaround, where's your turnaround point after you visit your son in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, so uh, from Seattle, then we start heading south. And we're going to spend three or four days going down the Pacific coast to uh, the Redwoods. Yep. And then we'll spend a night in the Redwoods uh, and then kind of mosey over to Yosemite for a few days. And then uh, we're going to spend a week in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, um, with family. And then we're going to come back to Utah, Moab, and uh, do arches and canyon lands. In the and, fall. Well, no, we're going to do that still on this trip. And then we're going to make our way back to Indiana. Okay. Big yes. trip. Utah in August. I know. I, I tent camped. And I was like, I was pre-kids and we were tent camping and. uh Susie and I were like midday, we're like, we got to go. And so we went and found a bar and basically just sat in a bar for the AC. So we spent the weekend of the 4th in the Badlands, and it was about 100 degrees. And, and we don't have air conditioning in Smart Bus. So uh, I think That's we had it. the next upgrade. We got it. Yeah, it will. Uh, we did get a, test, a taste of that, though, but we, we survived. That's good. So, so one thing that we did, we signed up for Harvest Hosts. Yeah. Do, you, do you know yeah, about yeah. them? Okay, one hundred percent. Yeah, and um, so we've stayed at three wineries so far, and uh, one. The, I mean, they're really the a beautiful one in Minnesota that we were right on a lake. It was breezy, lots of trees, oh, and yep. it was it was the nicest setting that we've stayed in so far. Actually, you know, a free night yeah. in, in in this winery. That's great. That's wonderful. What have you? What's been your key takeaways? Your key learnings from the whole adventure from your concept to your completion like what's that big learn thing? yeah oh wow that's that's a big one um you know one thing that um we're forced to do a little bit is, is slow down which is good because our lives were busy um but one of the things that's forced us to slow down is we do have a governor on this engine and and that keeps us uh, at about 62 and a half miles per hour um, so we're in the, we are in the slow lane most of the time getting past, and that's okay. I mean, we're just taking in the scenery as we're traveling. Um, so thinking about deadlines or no deadlines and thinking about, you know, 
the pressure to get to a destination and things like that. I mean, we, we've been kind of forced to uh, slow down. Good. And, and that, that's one takeaway. But, Jen, do you have others? Oh, um, I think after John installed the solar and hooked up the batteries, it was the coolest thing to see energy being generated. That was amazing. Yeah, and, and we have some tweaks to do on our solar system. But, um, yeah, it was pretty cool to, to know that you're creating or generating your own energy. So that was that was a really... That self-reliance is, yeah, that's pretty affirming to yeah. be able to do that. That's great. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I mean, the one one thing that has been really good for us is we have, you know, what they call a towed. We have, uh, we're, we're not towing a vehicle, but we have strapped onto the back of the bus uh, a small motorcycle. And we we found one of the, the lightest road bikes on an auction, the GovDeals auction Gov again. GovDeals.com. Uh, but we bought a 125 Suzuki, which is only 240 pounds. And, and so the bus hauls it really well. Uh, and that's been really great to have to uh, ride to trailheads and, and have fun on once we. Have you guys done much boondocking besides staying at campgrounds? Uh, just the wineries for just the, wineries. the harvest host. Yeah, we haven't okay. done anything, um, like you know, kind of. BLM or. Uh, yeah, we haven't done BLM yet. And, and I think probably our winter trip will be mostly uh, boondocking. Um, but this is. Being that we're going to be at so many um, national parks, I mean, we we planned this one out and wanted to make sure we yeah. had spot, what you spots. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the winter, are you guys any ideas yet on what you're thinking? Like, are we talking Key West? Are we talking Arizona? Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> Key West sounds great, and, and we do have family in Florida, but I, I think probably Southwest is where we're going to be most of the time. Arizona, likely. Right? Sedona. Sure. Flags. I mean, remember, Flagstaff's high, though, Yeah. elevation-wise, right. so yep. it actually... I didn't know that, and I drove to Mardi Gras after I graduated college. Me and two buddies drove from Seattle to Mardi Gras back in my 1970 Volkswagen bus. Oh, nice. I had the camper bus, right? So I was doing van life before it was even a thing. Yeah, <laughs> you were. <laughs> but uh, we rolled into Flagstaff one night to go to the Grand Canyon and woke up, and our like, water gallon jugs had all frozen. Oh, we're like man. freezing. We're like, huh, I didn't. It's yes. Arizona. It's not, oh, yep. wait, we're at. Yeah, nine thousand feet or what? Ah, all right, that nice. makes more sense now. So, yeah, probably. Uh, you know, one of the tips that um, you know we, we've I've learned online, but I've, I've noticed here as well is just make sure that there's good airflow, and because we are in a, a metal box, right? And um, even with the fluctuations in temperature here, uh, it went from almost ninety down to the high fifties last night. Um, you know, just making sure there's airflow so you don't get condensation, and and that's. That's worked out well for us, you know, keep, keeping a good airflow. Anything that I didn't ask that you guys want to share? Yeah, and for, I mean, for us, I mean, this, this is a real experiment. I mean, I we're not full-time nomadic, you know. Uh, we're dipping our toes into it. And, you know, we still have a family connection in Bloomington, Indiana, and um, – but this is a really, uh, I mean, I, I love being on the road. It's like, it's so pleasing to be behind the wheel and seeing new things. And even if they're there, it seems like nothing to, you know, everybody around. It's just, it's so good to be out of your own space and, you know, exploring and experiencing new things. And so I, I would, I guess for me, I'm hoping that we have, you know, a lot of good times in the future on the road and I, i'm sure we will it's funny so i was scrolling through your insta feed last night and uh i noticed one of you posted about the road books yes that was me travels with charlie hands down is absolutely my favorite book and actually Aww. my wilderness first aid episode so in each of my shows i do a segment called pit stop which is just a shorter little segment it's about five to ten minutes and in the one that's 
most current right now in the pit stop, I talk about wanderlust and I read the first two pages of Travels with Charlie because I never could explain it to myself or to others about this innate like metronome of like, let's go, let's go see. I want to go see what's beyond the horizon. I want to go, let's go. Um, and reading those first two pages of Travels with Charlie, I'm like, nice, no way. He gets it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he gets it. And that's so great. I'm middle aged now and it doesn't go away. And you know, he talks about salinity will hopefully do it. And at 58, it still isn't. And I'm like, oh boy, I'm in trouble, right? (laughs) I mean, you're sharing it with your family, though. No, I told so, 100%. Right, yeah. So, and if I'm instilling wanderlust in them, then I feel like I actually did my job okay. So, yes. oh, yeah, sure. I, I think um, Jack Kerouac, you know, back yep. in, in college days is what exposed me or, or got me thinking about wanderlust. And, yep. But but then, yeah, I love Steinbeck's, the way he talks about it. But, I, I you know, I think it's been in our blood for a long time. I mean, we, we, we tried to take our kids on road trips as often as we could and we went to the keys often yep. in a bus so we yep. were we were doing bus life in a, a 15 passenger 15 seat passenger van um camping in that uh and yeah so i i'm hoping that you know that's part of our lives for the rest of it well i think smart is absolutely going to get you there where you want to go i mean i think it's pretty cool hey well you guys thank you again so much for taking the time to chat with me um if people want to follow along how do they find you on social media to follow along? Um, it's at SmartBus and Smart. It's S period, M period, A period, R period, T period bus. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's time for our pit stop. And today I'm going to be sharing with you one of our most go-to dinnertime meals. Cincinnati chili. The aroma of the sauce fills our trailer, taunts our old factory bulb, and gets our mouths watering. For us, Cincinnati chili has ties to our family, as I've got a father and a brother who originally hailed from the area, and they are the ones who introduced my mom, sister, and I to this great dish. My wife and I now serve this up to our children, and it is a staple of ours throughout the year. When we go camping, we will often make the sauce in advance freeze it in a gallon Ziploc, and then just add it to the crock pot the day of. It makes for a super simple and hearty meal at the campsite. And for dinner, all we have to do is boil water and cook angel hair pasta in three minutes. Just what is Cincinnati chili? Well, according to Cincinnati food critic Julie Neeson, she wrote this excerpt for 91.7 WVXU. To really understand Cincinnati chili, you need to take a look at its origins. Cincinnati chili is not a descendant of Texas-style chili, but instead of a Greek dish called pastizo, which is layered pasta, cheese, and meat sauce, flavored with cinnamon, allspice, and clove. It is also closely related to salsa kima, a tomato-based sauce similar in style to an Italian bolognese, but with the sweet Greek spice profile. In the 1920s, immigrants opening restaurants were looking to adapt their own food, familiar foods, Macedonian immigrant Tom Kirjeff began serving this sort of chili on top of hot dogs at his restaurant, Empress, named for the burlesque theater next door to his original hot dog stand. Again, if you've got your mind's eye on a big old bowl of Texas-style chili, that is not what this is. It has a very different spice profile. Ron White has even performed a bit about this fabled dish. 
I was making late night conversation and I said, boy, you know, it seems like there's a whole lot of chili places here. You wouldn't think there would be, would you? And he goes, I'll have you know the Cincinnati area is the chili capital of the world. We love taking this to a campsite. It makes for a super easy crockpot meal. And we especially love it when the weather outside is more of what one thinks of when we mention we are from the Pacific Northwest. If you're looking to change up the meals you are serving at camp, I would recommend you do a recipe search for Cincinnati chili. Even our kids love it. In our next episode in two weeks, I'm going to begin a mini-series on our American West tour that we just took this past July. From Glacier National Park to Yellowstone National Park, I will share it all. What we did, where we stayed, and if you're thinking about taking a trip to either of these two parks, this will be a great show for you. In the meantime, please be sure to share with your friends and family about this podcast and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave this show a rating and a review. If you've not yet subscribed to the show, please do so. That way you'll never miss an episode. Now get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon. Thanks so much for listening to RV Out West. Join us again in two weeks with our next episode. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you choose to get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And I sure would appreciate if you left a rating or a review of the show. Special thanks to Scott Holmes Music for providing the intro song, We Are One. RV Out West can be found on Instagram and Facebook where you can interact with us and follow along on our RV adventures around the Pacific Northwest. So get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon.